from the crowd, the podcast dedicated to helping professionals and leaders amplify their voice, impact and influence. Are you ready? Let's go. Hello, hello, beautiful people. Welcome for a new live episode of Standout from the Crowd. I'm super happy uh, to be back here with a standout guest that will hmm, teach you quite a good things, a few things actually today. And today the topic is about how to find your purpose. Listen, awareness of purpose-driven leadership and its many positive impact has been growing in recent years, and especially more so since uh, the COVID-19 pandemic. According to a research from Deloitte, purpose-oriented companies enjoy 30% higher levels of innovation and 40% higher workforce retention than their rivals. But it all starts with us, the people. Right. So in today's conversation, our standout guest, Bobby Umar, will share with us how he found his purpose and put it to work to impact others. So help me welcome our standout guest, Bobby. Hello, Bobby. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm super good. And Bobby, am I correct? You are from Toronto too, right? I am. Downtown Toronto, Canada. Home of the Raptors. Oh, downtown Toronto here too. How come we haven't met in person yet? That's amazing. I didn't even realize that. Let's let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. So, Bobby, a few things about you. You are uh, a five-time TEDx speaker. Five times, people. That's not little. And you are one of the top social media influencers with over half a million followers. Inc. Magazine named you one of the top 100 leadership speakers alongside Richard Branson, Bruni Brown, John Maxwell, and Robbie Charma. Bobby, excuse me. <laughs> you have been named the second best business coach to follow on Twitter and the fourth best leadership influencer, according to Craig. You are an author of three books, including, including an, an international number one bestseller. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. And I do believe, you know, it speaks a lot about how you use your calling to impact people. These kind of things is a living proof that, okay, you know, this guy is no joke. So, Bob, I know like many, many of us, you know, earlier in your life, in your career, you chose a path that wasn't necessarily your calling, but I want to say a path by default based on, you know, society expectation, maybe cultural or family expectation. And so one day you realize that, 
you know, you could like you wanted to make something different with your life. So tell us a little bit more about your story, you know, navigating, navigating your way to building a life by default as opposed to following your heart. Yeah, sure. Thanks for that, uh, Janine. Uh, I mean, uh, I started a path of uh, engineering. So I went to engineering school because I was good at math and physics. And my father said, you know, engineering is a good is a good kind of career path. So I went down that path by default, not thinking about it entirely. And then when I started working uh, in engineering, I worked at Bombardier for four years. But while I was there, I was kind of bored. And so I decided to start a, a musical theater company. I started producing and directing musicals. And I grew this side project, a nonprofit organization from two people to 150 people in about four years. <clears throat> and after I left engineering, I was like, you know, you know, maybe I should get into something else. And so I did my MBA and I transitioned into doing uh, brand marketing. That's kind of the main thing I did. And I was trying to get into film and television. It didn't really work out because I, I wasn't good at networking at the time. So then I went into the next best thing, which is consumer packaged goods. So brand marketing, uh, working for Kraft, working for Unilever, the Dove Master Brand Campaign for Real Beauty. And it was really fun. I mean, lots of hard work, lots of learning, got my foot in lots of different doors. But at the same time, it still wasn't fulfilling. It wasn't giving me what I really wanted. I didn't have the balance that I wanted. I tried other things too. I tried um, teaching as well. I tried performing arts. And finally, when I uh, left the corporate world, I decided, well, what do I want to do? I need to figure this out. And part of it was because of health problems, actually. I became diabetic. I had a panic attack and I told my employer, I need to like, you know, get out there and do, I need to take care of my health first. And then three weeks later, they gave me a package saying, see you later. I was like, wow, okay. Wow. And it kind of threw me, but I was also grateful to uh, be given a, an opportunity to kind of go. And then two months later, my wife almost died of E. coli and she was in the ICU for a week in the hospital for another week. And I, I was taking care of her. And that, that those, those three, four months were like, wow, what do we want in our lives? Like, what is important to us? And so that's when I decided to really dive in. My, and people had said, Bobby, why don't you, uh, you know, try this, try that. And I had all these people give me advice. But one of the things that came, came out was before this happened, uh, many years ago, I met a, a professional speaker. And he said, Bobby, you're really good at, and we worked at a program for high school kids. And he said, Bobby, you're really good at talking to kids and sharing your story and being funny. Have you ever thought about becoming a professional speaker? And I was like, no, no, you know, I want to, I want to build the corporate world. I want to get to that vice president level. That, that's my goal. And then when I worked in brand marketing, I would often volunteer to do team building offsites. So our cheese marketing offsite, I'd, I said, let me do a team building event. And so I ran an event for 45 minutes and people came up to me and said, Bobby, that, that was amazing. You, you shared this really great activity. You were so on fire and engaged. You related back to the business. Like it was a great debrief. Have you ever thought about doing it for a living? And I was like, no, no, you know, I, I need to, like, I'm trying to, try to get to that VP level. I was trying to <laughs> explain that. And then when I finally left the corporate world, I spoke to my four best friends. I called them the Council of Omer, my, my, my four best friends. And I said, I'm not sure I want to go back to doing brand marketing, guys. Um, and then they said, Bobby, have you ever thought about doing speaking for a living? And I was like, you know what? I have, because people have been telling me for years. I just always ignored it. So in order to validate what I want to do, I dove into my personal brand. So I, I dove into my personality, my values, my skills, my interests. I did a deep dive into my self-assessment. I then did some uh, online assessments like Myers-Briggs, Enneagram, Strength Finders, all those types of things. And then, on, and then on top of that, I did a survey of all my friends. I said, guys, what do you think about my strengths, my weaknesses? What do you think about where I'd be good at, blah, blah, blah. And by doing this very thorough process, which took about, for me, about two to three months, 
I came up with five things. Five things. <clears throat> Excuse me. Bobby loves people. Bobby loves to persuade and influence. Bobby loves to perform and present. Bobby loves to nurture, like his mom. And Bobby <laughs> loves diversity, which explained why I got bored when I was doing engineering because I did the same thing over and over again. Repeatedly. Yeah. So that led me to a dozen ideas of how I could follow. But I decided, you know what? I'm going to go with motivational speaker. And that was over 12 years ago. I haven't looked back since, and it's been an amazing ride, despite the pandemic coming in. But, you know, it's been an incredible ride uh, throughout that, being able to give speeches around the world. I love it. So I see two things here, Bobby. First of all, I see, like, like many of us. And, you know, when we go through those phases, it can be, you can, it can be stressful and, you know, you can have anxiety. It was my case, too, where, you know, you navigate from one place to another, doing things that are, like, completely different. People thinking that you are crazy, that you are lost because you don't, want, you don't know what you want to do with your life. But, in fact, it's just like you haven't found your purpose yet. And I do believe that in order to find it, you have to experience different things because it's important to know what you want to do, what you like to do, but it is also as much important to know what you don't like and what you don't want to do. So that's one thing. And then also, you know, like you have been through uh, 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 like life events, right? And so I do feel like, you know, until we are against the wall, we don't ask ourselves the right questions. So did you have an aha moment or was it the accumulation of a different events? Well, I think the, the aha moment was actually that whole transition for about three, four months. So basically, you know, my corporate, my corporate job let me go because of my health problem, didn't want to deal with me. My wife got really sick. And then I talked to my best friends and I realized I didn't want to go back to what I wanted to do. So for me, that was a big aha moment that I need to really figure this out. I need to like take the time to dive in and do it as opposed to just going to the next thing. Cause I'd already done several things. I'd done engineering. I'd done brand marketing. I'd done teaching. I wasn't really fitting, fitting in. And so I had to try to figure out where do I fit? And for me, that was probably the big aha moment. And then I think once I started getting into it uh, and started to have some success, Probably after like the first few speeches I gave, I was like, wow, this is great. This is exactly what I want to do. It was just a feeling. There, there's, this, there's this feeling where the moment you have clarity and purpose and you get really excited about, uh, you know, that this is what I want to do the rest of my life. You want the rest of your life to start right away. And it's very, very exciting. And so the emotion, my body, my, my feelings, it was very, very exciting. It was very purposeful. Like when I work with people and I help them come up with a clear purpose or a clear why statement, their eyes light up. They get excited. They're like, oh, they're just beaming. Their hearts palpitating. It's, it's fantastic. And so I know that feeling, and I also want to help, help other people get that feeling because it's an amazing feeling because you're really fired up. You're motivated. You know, my why statement fuels me every day. My purpose keeps me aligned with what I'm trying to do, and I know what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. It's great. And that's the thing. You feel it, like, inside, and all the great feelings and you said it it's amazing you know and this is how you wake up every morning and i you know i get the question actually quite often because i go live i i, I challenge myself to go live every single morning until the end of the year uh so which is what i'm doing but i enjoy i truly enjoy doing it and i get the question quite often you know but how do you do it? Like eight o'clock in the morning, you hear always like, you know, we love your vibes, your positivity and all of this. It's just because 
I feel it inside. It's my calling. It's my purpose to use, to share my knowledge, you know, to share my story, to impact others. And so once you have experienced this feeling, oh God, there is no way you let that go. <laughs> yeah, that purpose, that purpose is very fulfilling. It drives you. It's a fantastic feeling to know that you're helping people. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think about the people, when I wake up every day, I think of my why statement, which is there are lost, stuck, or unfulfilled leaders everywhere. And what that means is everywhere I go, I meet people who feel lost in their career, stuck in their jobs, unfulfilled with their, uh, with their work. And so uh, I, think about, I think about that when I wake up, and it helps me be a better dad to my kids because I think about them feeling lost or stuck. It helps me be a better husband to my wife if she's feeling lost or stuck, a better son to my parents, to my friends a better friend than my friends, but also for my clients, the people that I work with, uh, you know, they all, we all feel this way at a certain time. And so it's important to understand that, but then it drives me in terms of what I want to do today. And which is why I'm here, because again, it helps me, uh, you know, achieve my mission, which is important to me. Yes. And uh, we have a couple of comments actually. So from Diham who says, Oh, it's so nice to discover this guy. If you don't follow him, I strongly encourage each single one of you to follow Bobby because his content and his newsletter is bomb. Okay, you're gonna <laughs> you're not gonna get bored one single time. <laughs> well, I've done two so far, but yeah, it might be good. Pretty new. <laughs> Uh, we have another, uh, so I see LinkedIn user. Uh, that's great. When you find clarity about your purpose, it becomes easier and one becomes fulfilled. Exactly. And someone else saying congratulations on the amazing work you are doing for the community. Like it's a, it's, it's a team effort. Like it's a team effort. I, I, I strongly believe in it. So now uh, uh, and as usual, if you have any questions, comments, uh, keep them popping in. I know I have some delay uh, today. My, the delay is a little bit longer than usual, but that's okay. If you're watching live, if you're watching the replay, leave your comment and question in the comment section. We read and answer all of them. So now you have found your purpose. You know that, oh, yeah, you want to motivate people. You want to speak to them. You know, you can do that and you are doing this and you are like good, great at it. So when did you realize that your story, your personal story, like could have a great impact on people on a personal level, but also on a professional level. I'm asking you this question because we know the power of storytelling, but still I hear a lot of people <coughs> telling me, oh, but my life is boring. I have nothing to say. Uh, why would people like care about my story? And Wow. And you are the living proof. You have made a living <laughs> out of sharing your stories and you have been impacting thousands and thousands of people with your story. So like when did you decide it and how did you, you know, uh, make the step to start sharing your story as, as a way to serve your purpose? That's yeah, a good question. I mean, you know, having been a speaker for many years, I would tell stories on stage. And after I kept getting booked again, I would tell some of the same stories over and over again. So I certainly saw the power of stories. Uh, I think when I did my first TEDx talk, you know, TEDx talks are, are a really big part of your story. So talking about who you are and why. You know, so my first TEDx talk was about you, know, you had to give your big idea up for the world. And so I talked about 
the five C's of connection and how I'm a connector. So with that, there was a big story that was part of it. But I think probably the best, the best uh, version uh, that the best realization I had was there's two of them. One was I made a video about six, seven years ago uh, where I was telling my story about who I am, what I did and why I did it. Uh, And I, I remember working with the director and I had the story written out and after we were done, it was nine minutes long. And, uh, and you know, what, what's interesting is I, I don't like to look at myself on stage or on camera, to be honest. Like, I do it a lot, but I don't like to see it. Oh, wow. So, uh, yeah, I know. But the, the nine minute video, she edited the video from nine minutes down to three and a half minutes. I was like, oh, my gosh, you're cutting all the stuff, and I can't believe why. why? She's like, no. She's like, just trust me. You hired me. Let me do this. I said, fine. She sent me the video, and I watched it. It's like three and a half minutes long. This is this is awesome. <laughs> like, and I, I, uh, it's the first time I actually liked watching myself on a video. I was like, this is great. This is moving to me. And then I, sh- I premiered it at uh, my DYP Discovery Project Brand Conference, and I remember uh, my friend Lee came up and said, "Bobby, I was crying. That was beautiful. I totally get it." And the fact that it moved people to tears yeah. told me that okay, this is a great story. So that, that was the first thing that kind of happened. The second thing, and so now, like now, what I did, the second thing happened, and now I actually help people with their three-minute life, personal brand life stories. During the pandemic, I booked 300 Zoom calls in that first year to, just to connect people, find out what's going on, where we're struggling. And in that, I extracted two things. One was people really want to work on their thought leadership brand and build a digital presence, leveraging LinkedIn, other platforms was one thing that really came up because we all knew the, the hybrid of the virtual was important. But the second thing that they came up was storytelling. I had people saying, I want to be story, I'm going to do better storytelling with my content. I want to get a TEDx talk. I want to do storytelling with my teams because we're working working virtually. I want to have people have people share stories of diversity, equity, inclusion, so that we can create more inclusion, more belonging. And so that became a big thing that like, wow, okay, you know, I see this. Storytelling is a really big thing. So I pivoted to focusing on thought leadership branding and doing more storytelling. And so now it's a big part of what I do. Uh, it's in all my content. I've also become, uh, you know, pretty known for sharing vulnerable content. Like today, I shared on um, LinkedIn. Just today, I shared a vulnerable story about my daughter and her sleepover party and how I she was struggling uh, to navigate the kids who had phones and were ignoring the party stuff. And and it, it, it crushed my heart to do that. I also share about my you know my binge eating, about my body magician, my weight loss challenges, and I talk about that quite openly because I think it helps me process, but it also helps other people. I often get people messaging me five years later saying, you know, that story you told me still resonates with me today. Or this guy walked up to me, up to me at a wedding actually and said, you know, your, your, your story about binging, I can't believe you share on LinkedIn, but I just want to tell you that I've been there and I really felt it. And it was someone that was in my extended family. I haven't talked to, he's, he's young and I haven't really talked to him in, for years. And, and it was just kind of really moving to see that those silent people, Let's see those stories. You know, 90% of people don't ever comment, don't ever message you. They're silent watchers and listeners. And so you're going to impact people more than you realize. 100%. And actually, you know, in thought leadership, like, I do believe one of the most important aspects of thought leadership is being able to touch people's heart. It's being able to make yourself relatable through your story. Like, we, like the days where we were looking for the like perfect leader, high level leader, like being perfect, strong, you know, knowing it all, like it's over. And in any case, it has never existed. 
right and now we know like and the covid again the the, the pandemic as i feel like the pandemic has accelerated all of this where we realize that okay we are humans we are all in the same boat <laughs> because we were all affected one way or the other by the pandemic and you know what made us like stay together and stick together and you know to hope for the better is the is through the stories that we were sharing and that we were hearing from other people yeah it's hard it's hard for every single one of us you know none of us like has it perfect none of us has it all based on you know like what the have it all like society expectation <laughs> is and i do believe there is like power but here let's 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 you know make the differentiation between you know being vulnerable and sharing your story versus like keeping your private life private because that's also something that i hear a lot from my committee members my clients where they are like yeah but you know i'm i'm very concerned about my privacy i don't want to expose my family and all of this and i know we know that sharing your story and be, being vulnerable is not about uh, showcasing your private life. Those are two different things. So can you tell us a few words about it for the people who are still, you know, uh, on the defense about uh, sharing their story? Yeah, I mean, so you, just, you have to distinguish between what's personal and what's private, right? So if I'm going through a divorce, I don't bash my partner. I just say, I'm going through a divorce and here's how it feels. It feels hard. It feels challenging. I feel uh, I feel like I failed. I feel like I'm, I'm alone. That's the difference. You wouldn't bash your partner. You shouldn't do that. Mm -hmm. uh, another example is, you know, when I talk about my kids, I don't tell people where their school is. I keep private information. Certainly things that my kids are struggling with that are more private or personal, I wouldn't share. Whereas if it's something that makes a good story, I mean, talking about your kids can be really, really good. The other thing to keep in mind is that everyone has different levels of what they're willing to share that's personal, right? There are people I know on LinkedIn that talk about being suicidal. I know people are talking about very harsh things. Mm -hmm. Now, they may do that, but maybe you're not ready for that. You can talk about something that's more simpler. I mean, two, two ways to get around this to make it easy is talk about something that challenged you when you were 20 years old, 20 years ago. Well, something, something, you, something you screwed up on, a project you screwed up. What was the learning? That's vulnerability. That's personal. But you know, it's not that big a deal to you because it was 20 years ago, and you're better for it now, and you can share the learning. Another example is to, you know, just um, uh, share gratitude. So, you know, when you talk, for example, kids, I mean, you know, people will share posts about getting married or about their kids having a birthday and they talk about their love for their kids and that gratitude. That's fine. It's personal and people love that kind of stuff. So I think you, know, you can still be uh, vulnerable in a way that works best for you. I mean, every single person here has to find their own voice, their own brand that works for them. But I can tell you that when you're willing to share a bit of vulnerability at any level, it, and, and the research from Brain Brown shows that it connects on a deeper level. Yeah. And at the end of the day, what we most want to do and what will most help us succeed in life is connect with other humans. And so if that's if that's something that you understand is important, then you'll be you'll when you put content out there, you will try to humanize the experience. That's very true. And, 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 you know, like connecting with people in the virtual world, it's not that different than connecting with people like in real life, right? When you, when you meet people in life, like <laughs> you won't exclusively talk about what you do at work, right? You won't only share a work updates 
uh, when you meet with people in person because we are much more than what we do at work or we are we are much more than our job title and so when we go out we start networking we start meeting people and you know uh, some of them turn like become friends and like lifelong friends like this was possible because you open up about yourself and because you you share a little bit about who you are and you know like this is how you created that bond, that connection with these people. And I like to say, like, you connect the same way online, right? Like, we are, st even though there is a screen between you and us, between you and me, like, we are still human people. We are human beings. We are people with our hearts, with our feelings, emotions, and we want to connect and make friends the same way, right? So I think it's very important to, to understand that, like, no matter what's the 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 channel being in person being online we are still at the end of the day human beings who need who need <laughs> let, and let me add let me add to that you, you talked about the fact that you go out to networking events and you you don't talk about work 24 7 you talk about things you're working on things, the things that you're passionate about the other thing i'll say is that when you go to work so whether you work in the, in the virtual world or you go to the workplace do you talk about work all the time? No. You go for coffee and you talk about your weekend. You go to someone's cubicle and you talk about something you saw on Netflix or something you're up to, yeah. your weekend plan. <laughs> or you'll meet, you'll meet in the, uh, the cafeteria and next thing you know, you're talking about your personal challenges or, or, or things that are going on in your life. And we talk about personal stuff at work too. So that's what I'm saying even when it comes to LinkedIn posts. Get personal because we're all humans. Yes, exactly. And so... As I said uh, in the introduction, and you briefly talked about it, you have been a TEDx, uh, a five-time TEDx speaker. And we know uh, that there is a, a lot of, uh, you know, interest in people in being able, for those who are ready to share their story and who want to share to the world, uh, there is this strong interest in becoming a, a TEDx speaker. So can you tell us a little bit more about, you know, how, did you leverage your story you know so i see three steps here the first step was to figure out what you want to do what's your purpose what's your calling then you realize you know the power of your story and that you could use it to impact people right and so now you have been sharing your story you have been vulnerable and actually i remember about your post uh, the post you shared about your um your weight loss journey because it resonated so much with me and i shared with you i remember in the comment we were having this conversation whereas i was like man i'm trying so hard <laughs> it's so difficult it's so challenging and so now you know you are using your story again to create that connection with people and to impact people so what's the the, the and the next phase that i see now is being able to leverage it to build your status as a leader in your industry and you know becoming a five time and i'm sure there is there is more to come uh, speaker on tedx so what was the you know the the the, the how to or the strategy or maybe the, the 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 thought process behind you know going from one step sharing your story to leveraging for for like to build your a successful career and a successful business out of it well, I mean, uh, you know, I think that, uh, you know, knowing your story is going to be a big part of understanding also 
who your target audience is, right? So a big part of uh, you know personal branding is knowing yourself. But then when you start to target, who's your target audience and how, how do they feel? What are their bliss points? What are their pain points? And so you 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 act with purpose towards that target audience. Now with storytelling, you know, like if you want to get a TEDx talk, one of the things that happens is okay, you you now have a clear idea of your brand. You now have a clear idea of what your story is because your brand is your story. Your story is your brand. Now, what's the objective? So one person might have objective to use LinkedIn. Okay, so then how can we take our brand, our story, and use it when we're building meaningful relationships for people? when we're creating content and when we put together our LinkedIn profile. Uh, objective could be, I want to get a TEDx talk. What do I do now? Well, one of the things with TEDx talks, and I did a workshop on this a couple of weeks ago through the Thought Leadership Brand Club. I'll probably do another one uh, next year. But And I have clients where I work on TEDx talks. But one of the things with TEDx talks is most people have the wrong ideas or the wrong topics. And mm. so they're not, and usually because they're not clear in their brand, they're not clear in their target audience. And when you really focus on those things, you can come up with a much more powerful story. So, for getting a TEDx talk, the big thing is making sure you have a talk that resonates with that audience because that's a special, unique audience that you have to understand how they work. You have to understand the culture of TED and TEDx. And so as your objective is to get a TEDx talk, you want to make sure you align the right topic ideas so that, and the right titles that's going to entice and tantalize the TEDx owners, that, that organizer. That's an important piece, which a lot of people forget. And so they don't know whether... That's the way to go. Same with when I work with speakers in my speaker mastermind. You want to become a professional speaker, right? Got your brand, got your story, got your target. Now, what are those topics that are actually going to resonate with the people you're targeting? And are they willing to pay for it? Because if they're not, then it may not be the best path to pursue. And with every single topic that you want to put out there in the world, you got to have a story next to it, right? So, if, you know, for me, you know, I talk about, I train people. And when I speak up, I talk about personal branding networking, storytelling, LinkedIn, Clubhouse. And for every one of those things, I have stories that I use to let people know how and why it's important. Because when you do that, it also builds a case study uh, that someone will say, you know what, I can do that too, because you did it. Now I want to do it and I want to work with you. So that's kind of how I use storytelling and all that I do to not only meet my own objectives, but to help other people achieve their uh, purpose and their objectives. And I do believe it, it resonates here with people because we have here a comment saying, Sir Bobby, you are <laughs> amazing. And we have uh, Regina also like saying hi from Calgary. So Canada is in that place today. So, wow. So it's been 30 minutes already, Bobby. Wow. Like I do believe, and I hope for you who are watching the live and watching the replay that you are taking notes. Uh, because like Bobby shared a lot of uh, nuggets with us today. Bobby, thank you so much for your time. And so for the people who would like to know more about your work and how you can support them, where can they find you? Yeah, so you can find me uh, a lot of places. I have a LinkedIn company page called Bobby Umar Leadership Development. Uh, you can also check out my website, rayallen.com, and watch that three-and-a-half-minute video that brought my friend to tears. And wow. you can also see my work at dypv.ca+. I'm everywhere, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, with uh, the handle Rayon Bobby. So, yeah, check out my stuff, check out my work. And if you want to reach out and do anything with uh, what I'm trying to do, then uh, let me know. Because, you know, if you're willing to fight for your life and the life that you want to live, then I'm willing to fight for you. Wow. I love it. Bobby, thank you so much. And for everyone watching Leave your comment, question below. We will look and read all of them. We will answer all of them. The time is now. Like we are like, what? 
two months, not even two months uh, into uh, the end of the year. So if you want to like see some change happens in your life, the time is now to take action. Bobby, again, thank you very much. And I will see you everyone uh, next week for another uh, live episode of Stand Up From The Crowd. Thank you, everyone. Bye-bye. Thank you.